As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media that we decide if it should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black void of obscurity, never to be heard from again. My name is Steve. I'm one of the hosts, and with me is a man who refers to the room underneath his stairs as a glory hole. It's... <laughs> it's uh, Yehel. Yeah, unfortunate uh, name that they gave this under stairs room i I was like what did i just hear what i thought i heard and then they said it a few other times and i was like wow you learn something new about the brits every day (laughs) yeah i i I guess um for those that don't know uh i I guess i don't know i'm assuming that they don't do it anymore but at least as of 1992 they the brits were uh calling under stairs rooms uh closets uh glory hole well hey all right conversely perhaps us perverted americans we we took that very innocent title and then it got (laughs) prescribed to something uh that's uh much more uh, sexual than just a room under the stairs you think that's possible i I thought you were gonna say something that's uh just much more interesting (laughs) wait wait uh... wait wait wait. are you saying what our version of Glory Hole is way more interesting than their version. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I, look, I, I don't want to partake in either. But I, I like my I like my closets above the stairs, Steve. Like a like a patriot. <laughs> what does that even mean? All right, all right. Let's let's clear this up here. All right, we're uh, watching the very British. Uh, mockumentary, or I mean, I guess we sh- I should have done like last time and uh, pretended that I thought it was real. Um, but uh, but no, it's called a uh, Ghost Watch, and uh, it's a mockumentary uh, about an investigation into uh, ghosts. Basically, um, did, did in your research did you uh, come across the fact that the uh, the Blair Witch guys uh, saw this apparently, and that's sort of yeah. But then later, the Blair Witch guys said that they hadn't seen it until after the Blair Witch came out. I think they didn't want to be accused of uh, copying it. Well, I mean, they ripped off Cannibal Holocaust too. I mean, it's it's okay to be inspired by stuff. I mean, and no one. I mean, I had never even heard of this up until a few weeks ago. How about yourself? So I thought I hadn't heard of it either until I started watching it. And I am pretty sure I at least started watching this like maybe in the mid 2010s. Oh, really? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, so what, how much, how far did you get through it? Um, I, I don't know, but I mean, I definitely remembered the host. I remember the kids, um, and a lot of the, I would say I remembered at least like the first 20, 30 minutes felt familiar for sure. Hmm. Um, and, uh, well, I'll, I'll get into why I think I stopped watching it later, but, uh, 
But yeah, I'm pretty sure I had at least watched uh, b- bits of this a good decent amount. Oh, well, uh, yep. I had, uh, as I said, never heard of it until I ran across that uh, TikTok uh, in between all of the... <laughs> Uh, heated political videos that TikTok thinks I want to watch. They had a little little nugget. Uh, this little nugget oh. popped up. Uh, but uh, political lives are the best, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I just when I first started watching TikTok, I'm like, eh, hey, this is like a fun little time waster. And then now I'm just bombarded with like nothing but politics these days. I, it's like they're just trying to piss me off or something. I don't know. <laughs> but. Uh, are you ready to dive a little bit further into Ghost Watch? Yeah, yeah, let's get into All it. All right. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, before we mention anything, we should probably mention that you, yes, you, dear listener slash viewer, can go watch Ghost Watch. Uh, right off of uh, the Internet Archive, uh, which is uh, that's where we got our copies, right? Well, actually, I watched it on uh, Amazon Prime. It was on there. Uh, well, it, it was on there for rent for two bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, the quality was just a lot nicer. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the shitty quality of my, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't even that bad. There was a. There was a few times when, for some reason, I guess it had something to do with like the broadcast or something. The um, everything looked really wavy, but like it corrected after a while. Uh, that's the poltergeist. Oh, Steve. is that uh, what that was? <laughs> oh, thanks for clearing that up for me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it's only two bucks if you. And I just also rented it for, on there for the convenience mm-hmm. too. Sometimes, like I know you can cast. Um, from you know archive.org mm-hmm. video to a tv or whatever but i've i've have found it to be a little little so-so so i just got it on prime uh i believe it's also available for rent on youtube mm-hmm. and uh i don't remember the date but it's supposed to be popping up on tubi soon ah well very nice there you go you have uh, all sorts of options to watch ghost watch uh and speaking of ghost watch it premiered october 31st 1992 and i'll tell you I watched this before I um, went and did my research and created the format. And as I was watching it, I was like, wow, this is so 80s looking. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of surprised to see that it uh, premiered in 1992. Um, is that? I mean, 92 is still pretty close to the 80s, sure. you know? Sure, absolutely. So you still have a little bit of holdover of fashion and cars and that kind of thing. But I also, I, I think, too, like when I've watched... Um, like other media from that era mm-hmm. that's uh, like British media, like the, I, I don't know what it is. If, if it's the white balance that they, the way that they do it or something, or maybe because they have that pal format, but it always looks a little different. Sure. The video. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I think it kind of makes it look a little older. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, in, in my view, early versions of uh red dwarf, <laughs> which uh, I, I'm mentioning for a reason. Yeah. looks very similar to, uh, yeah, I was actually going to say use Red Dwarf as an example, too. All right. And, of course, uh, Doctor Who as well around this time. Uh, here's a synopsis for Ghost Watch. And Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, of course. <laughs> Garth Marenghi. It's got to look all on its own. Uh, but, yeah. For, and if you look at some of these pictures in the Obscuratron, uh, total Garth Marenghi vibes uh, coming up. Um, yeah, just keep an eye out. 
So uh, here's a synopsis uh, for those who have no idea what Ghost Watch is about. The BBC gives over a whole evening to an investigation into the supernatural. Four respected presenters and a camera crew attempt to discover the truth behind the most haunted house in Britain. Expecting a light-hearted scare or two and probably uncovering of a hoax, they think they are in control of the situation. They think they are safe. The viewers settle down and decide to watch for a laugh. 90 minutes later, the BBC and the country was changed and the consequences are still felt today. Way too long. <laughs> I thought about uh, shortening it, but I'm like, eh, why not? We'll just uh, go for the whole thing. Um, do you think that's an accurate uh, description of Ghost uh, Yeah, it's a pretty accurate description. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure you read up on uh, what you know happened afterwards sure some of the country's reaction yeah yeah and, let's uh, uh let's save that till uh after the uh the credits here um so this was directed by uh leslie manning um and she worked on some other stuff i mean i'd never heard of it uh, a couple of movies one is called pov another one is called lila and another one is pov is that porn yeah <laughs> right <laughs> no like mo- it seems like most of her stuff is sort of um i don't know uh almost social justice war almost like sort of pseudo documentaries uh, or- like a lot of documentaries yeah, docudramas, yeah, shorts yeah. and stuff yeah exactly and like i'm just gonna tell you right now unless you're like real deep into like british tv and film you're not gonna know any of this stuff because i mean i certainly didn't um, there was only one guy who I recognize in this whole thing, and I'm sure Yehel will tell you all about him in the uh, cast. But uh, this was written by a guy by the name of Stephen Volk, and he wrote a few other films. Uh, one is called Octane, another is called Afterlife, and The Awakening. Uh, and that pretty much does it uh, for uh, Behind the Camera. Why don't you tell us some of the people in front of the camera? Sure. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep into the other things that these people have done, um, just because a lot of it is, you know, British uh, stuff. And well, we're patriots here. And uh... <laughs> what is with that? Now, <laughs> what's I, what's I been know. going on during your time off of work? <laughs> Hold on, let me get my Punisher stuff. What are these meetings uh, but, you no, say but... you keep going to every week? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, it's just stuff that our audience is not going to be familiar sure. with. But uh, first, we have Michael Parkinson, who is here as himself. He actually uh, just died of, of Parkinson's ago. disease. August... <sighs> Well, if he was still alive, he would have died of embarrassment from that joke. But uh, someone had to make it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's heard it many times. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, he just died August 16th of this year. Um, he actually was a TV presenter, mm-hmm. um, and he was known for like having talk shows. Um, I wouldn't say he's done from what I could, you know, like see. Not necessarily like documentaries, but kind of like. Uh, you know those TV shows that like they they're they're kind of newsy but kind of entertainment ish kind of something like that but like sightings a little bit but a little bit no 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 but like a little bit more on the serious side like okay. a, like if Inside Edition had no tabloids oh uh, I gotcha yeah I gotcha you know uh, but anyways so yeah so he, he was a real presenter at the time and he's playing himself here he has acted 
in a few things as himself usually as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he plays the host of Ghost Watch. Uh, then we've got Sarah Green, who she plays the reporter that's at the house. Uh, she was only in like 14 things total, and there's a lot of time between her stuff. Um, and again, nothing that we hear in the in the states, uh, uh, the the country that we took from these people. The state of decline. Uh, am I right? Politics. Yeah, we know about. <laughs> Then we've got Mike Smith. Uh, he's the phone-in presenter. He's basically the guy uh, answering, or he's not answering the phones, but he's like reporting on the phone call because this is almost set up like a telethon yeah. in a weird way. Like a PBS uh, people don't call in to telethon, donate money, but yeah. pe- people can just call in for whatever they want. No, no, they, they, they call in their to, own sh- stories, give their own yeah, feedback. to share their ghost stories with the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but people end up calling in for all kinds of things. Like people end up calling in just to give backstory. Oh yeah, I know about that house and blah blah right, blah. Right, right. It's Anyways, it's a literary device, really, or a plot device. That's what it is. <laughs> well, he was only has three credits on IMDb. One is live from the Pebble Mill in 1983. <laughs> so then nine years later, he gets Ghostwatch, and then five years later, maybe ironically, he's he is a TV presenter in The Man Who Knew Too Little. Hmm. About that. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, then we've got Craig Charles. He plays like the uh, interviewer. Uh, he's also at the location. He never goes in the house. But I recognized him right away from Red Dwarf. Right, right. Which then, uh, and again, we're kind of getting our ahead of ourselves. Like, once you saw him, I mean, because Red Dwarf started in yeah. 1988. Immediately, you should be like, well, this is clearly not real. The, the man's an actor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but he. I've, what was his name? Uh, Lister. Yes, or? in Red Dwarf. Yeah, yeah. But here he just plays himself, and he's obviously here to be the comedic relief um, because uh, if you watch this, it's uh, you will see that it's very uh, dry and British. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the thing is, like Red Dwarf, he, he, you know, it started like in '88. Mm-hmm. He was in it since the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was super popular, yep. so I don't know how people. We're calling in thinking that this because I'm sure we'll get to it later. But, uh, you know, I, apparently a lot of viewers thought like this was real. Um, mm-hmm. And right. I don't know. I, I guess if you like tuned into it because he's not in it a lot. So I guess if you tune into it, you know, like a, like 20 minutes into it when cause when you don't see him for like, for like an hour, you might. Not pick and up, that is I, basically I exactly what happened, according to uh, IMDb. Is that because I mean, even at the very beginning of the, uh, of I mean, let's call it what it is. This is a TV movie or a TV mockumentary. Even at the beginning, they have like a title card. It says, "Written by you know that Volk guy." Um, and yeah, it was it was never a, their intent to uh, mislead or make people think that it uh, it was real. It's just people tuned in late and uh, they thought it was real. <laughs> and yeah, people are just dumb. Mm-hmm. Yes, basically. yes. Um, I do want to mention, though, uh, something about Craig Charles. He was on this soap opera called Coronation Street. Um, how many episodes do you think he was in the soap opera? Just give me a guess. I'll, t- I'll give you. He was on it for 10 years. Whoa, Jesus. That's got to be at least like 200 episodes. Ooh, just pretty close, Steve. 924. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I'm not done, Steve. Knowing that, how many episodes do you think the soap opera has? Oh man, uh, God damn it! 
All right. How many? Uh, all right. It's got to be like close to, I don't know, two, three thousand. Ten thousand seven hundred. Is it still going on today? It's still going oh, on. Wow. Today. <laughs> See that that is true. Like British traditionalism right there. They they pick something and they stick with it. <laughs> well it is it is the longest running uh soap opera uh of all time apparently it started in 1960 the episodes are only 30 minutes long which kind of explains i think why there's so many episodes uh or at least helps Mm -hmm. to um but yeah i I just thought that that was kind of interesting interesting. uh for anyone anyone wondering what it's about coronation street focuses on the everyday lives of working class people in manchester england um i did watch um a little the little like preview clip they have on imdb and i don't know these don't seem like everyday the everyday lives of working class people (laughs) this this is very dramatic right but anyways um moving on we've got jillian or gillian uh bevan bevan who plays dr lynn pascoe I don't think they ever say what her doctorate is in. Uh, maybe bullshit. I'm not really sure. <laughs> no, paranormal. But, um, she's a parapsychologist, I think, is what they said. Oh, is that a real it, it, PhD? It is now, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff, still acting. But again, it's all pretty much British uh, stuff, so we're going to not discuss it. Right. Uh, if you're, like if the you're not involved, American elitist yeah, that If you're not are. involved with Garth Moringi... Uh, we're just not interested, like you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Red Dwarf, Red right. Dwarf. Right, yeah, that that too, yeah. <clears throat> if she was a real actress, she would have been in Coronation Street. One hundred percent. I assume, like, I assume everybody over there has had a go sure. at Coronation sure, Street. Sure. Um. Anyways, then we've got Brid, such a British name, B R I D, <laughs> Brid Brennan. Uh, <laughs> she plays Pamela Early. She's like the mom of the two little girls mm-hmm. in it. Um, she's also still acting. It's mostly, you know, again, British stuff. Um, I think I saw she was in a couple episodes of Peaky Blinders, um, but everything else was stuff that uh, uh, I'd never heard of. (laughs) Smashing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to name too many other people here. I do want to name the one American. Uh, we've got Colin Stinton, who plays Dr. Emilio Silvestri. I love that. And Um, he was the, um... He was the skeptic. I'm like, why? Why did they make him American? But I, I, I loved it either way. Well, I, I guess they were trying to, you know, make it seem like a real. Yeah, he's like live from New York, mm-hmm. basically, which would have been like I don't know, like five in the morning for him or four in the yeah, morning or something. I just wonder if like the, uh, you know, the British public were just like, oi, typical Americans always talking down our ghosties or <laughs> something. <laughs> like, oh they, God. they don't believe in shit. Our ghosties. Yeah. <laughs> They don't believe in shit yeah, over there like, in America. You know they put holes in their glory holes. <laughs> yeah, they actually have a hole in a wall, and a guy puts his dingle-dang in there, and someone comes along and sucks it. That's what they call a glory all over in the States. Uh, I think they call it a mouth wink. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Fantastic. Anyways, uh, this guy, Colin Stinton, uh, again, he plays uh, Dr. I almost said Mark Sylvester. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, uh, he plays the canonical brother of Cyberforce yeah. creator Mark Sylvester. <laughs> he, he's he's constantly telling Mark, it's like, you know, Mark, 
the cyber force could never actually exist. I mean, come on, robotics just has not advanced that far. And well, you get the idea. Well, it's funny you say that because he's been in a lot of stuff, real movies, American yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, like he was actually no. It, in all seriousness, though, like he's been in a lot of stuff. He was Doctor Dave in Tomorrow Never Dies. He was Neil Daniels in The Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, he was in Rush. He was in Closer. He was in uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, he's in Queen's Gambit. <laughs> he's yeah. Uh, he's in a, is, he is in Absentia. If you're into that, um, but uh, yeah, he's got like a ton of, of stuff on his um, uh, credits. He's in Captain America: The First Avenger. He's just in in everything. Nice. Um, anyways, that's kind of the the main cast that i wanted that i felt was worth going through i don't know i mean there are the two kids i guess we could discuss susan is played by michelle wasson mm-hmm. wesson excuse me um who's been in like six things all together she stopped in 1998 uh then we've got sherry's sharice wesson so apparently they are real sisters mm. um who plays kim which i believe was the younger yes. of the two and this is all she did she was she's a this is enough. <laughs> I've peaked. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, this whole thing reminded me of, I, I know I've, I'm pretty sure I've brought this up before and I can't remember. I don't think you've watched it, but this reminded me a lot of the McPherson tape. Did you ever watch oh, that? Yeah, I don't think so. That's one with aliens or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where basically it's like a found footage, uh, TV movie from 1989. Uh, that one, like it is, I, I, from what I remember, I mean, I watched it a while ago. And I'm sure I was drunk while I watched it, but uh, I do remember it being like real slow and slow and boring. And then the last 15 minutes when it starts to pick up, it's real kind of creepy. I don't know. That uh, sounds worth vaguely familiar to me. Um, but yeah, we'll have to put it on the list. Yeah, we, we, we got to watch that one. It's only an hour and six minutes. So. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, shall we dive into Ghost? Uh, for sure. All right, yeah, let's uh, go right on in. All right, so we get, uh, after the opening, like, title card, which, uh, you know, shows that this is not a real, like, broadcast or anything like that, uh, we get opening surveillance footage, basically, of the two sisters uh, in bed, um, and uh, basically they start freaking out because there's, uh, I can't remember if there's noise or there's some sort of paranormal activity going on, and the... And I thought, like, right off the bat, I thought it was pretty good. Like, the uh, sisters, I mean, their uh, performance was good. But the weird thing that was going on is that they, and they explained it later, like, the camera started, like, zooming in, like, on the the girls, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? I'm like, that's not how uh, surveillance footage is supposed to work. It's just supposed to be, like, a static shock, but, or static shots. But later on in the, um, in the movie, let's just call it what it is, um, you know, they explained that they, I guess, have the ability to control the cameras that are inside the house. They use some panning and some zooming and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, like, what did you what did you think when you watched the surveillance uh, footage? I definitely got paranormal activity vibes. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, I, when I saw that, too, I was thinking, like, oh, I wonder if this is where they got, you know, their idea for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I found the panning to be weird, too um distracting like it immediately took yeah. me out of the immersion that they were mm-hmm. going for so i yeah i too thought that that was a weird mistake uh you know the 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 two actresses that play the sisters um they do pretty good 
as far as their performance goes, especially for kid actors. Uh, they're fairly believable. But, yeah, I, I was already like, mm, when it panned, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but then when we when we go to the studio, I was shocked at the quality yes. of the, oh. the studio I mean, set. that's the one thing that I could say about this movie is that everyone commits. <laughs> that BBC clearly, you know, really threw some money into this thing. Um, so and also, well, as we move on, I it definitely started reminding me of another sort of mockumentary that we watched uh, last year. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, the WUNF yep, or whatever W-N-U-F Halloween Halloween tape. Oh yeah, one he. I mean, yep. that guy must have seen this uh, for sure. And how, you, you, dude? You won't believe this. Somebody mentioned that I, I was commenting. This is gonna shock you, Steve. It was a Star Trek post <gasps> uh, on Instagram. I know, shocking. And um, about something, I can't even remember what. Uh, it was some weird, obscure, like, Star Trek-related, mm-hmm. I don't know, infomercial. It's something something weird. Anyways, and somebody commented, like, oh, God, this is like the uh, WNUF Halloween special. I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe it in the wild, you know? See, see, our message is getting out there, you hell. It's getting out there. I think they had seen it on the No, 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 no. Our message is getting out there. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So, um, let's see. They, then they actually play like a um, sort of cheesy, like opening montage with a very uh, '80s sounding uh, music uh, that I actually uh, quite enjoyed. Um, <laughs> well, what did you think about that? About the the music? Yeah, just the opening, the cheesy opening. Um, yeah, it, it was fine. I mean, it definitely. It's fine. It's of the time. Of the time. Yeah. 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 So it was fine. Um, So and then they, I guess they they talk for a little bit. Uh, We uh, meet our presenter, um, (laughs) Mr. Parkinson, and uh, Lynn, who was supposed to be like the specialist uh, uh, when it comes to the paranormal, I suppose. And then they cut to uh, Craig Charles from Red Dwarf, and I was like, wow, I, I can't believe I actually knew someone or, or knew of someone who was actually in this. Uh, but I was like, all right, maybe because I, I don't know about you, but I was kind of dreading watching this. I thought it was going to kind of be boring, but when I saw him, I'm like, hey, maybe this has a chance. Yeah, I too was dreading watching this when I saw, well, I when I saw it was 90 minutes, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, same here. this is. This is hard to like do night if it was like an hour i I wouldn't have dreaded it, but yeah, but like you, yeah, when I saw him, I'm like, oh okay, maybe this will be fun, mm-hmm. uh real tongue in cheek kind of thing, but uh no it's it's played Straight. as serious as mm-hmm, possible mm-hmm. and uh basically, we just uh in order to speed things up, we get introduced to what I think is a just a massive cast that uh, we really don't need this, these many people. Like, all right, so we've got the two hosts in the main studio, um, Mr. Parkinson, I can't remember his first name, uh, the Lynn lady. We've got Craig Charles, who is like the man on the street interviewer, basically. We've got the lady who's inside the house, uh, Sarah. I Sarah. can't remember her last name. And then the other guy who you Smith, mentioned, I think. Sarah. Because she's because she's like the sister of the phone in. Oh, no, they're husband and wife, I thought. Oh, I mean, you know, maybe they allow brothers and sisters to marry there. I don't know. I don't know their I don't know their ways, Steve. Their glory holds. We don't are call it incest. We just is... call it same same. <laughs> we, we call it a brotherly wonk. Yeah. Oh, that's 
disgusting. Uh, but <laughs> I, I really need to check our analytics to see if we actually have any UK <laughs> yeah, listeners. See, yeah, see, you may need to bleep a lot. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> but uh, if you are a, a British person who listens to us, uh, thank you. And it's uh, we're all just having a laugh, right? Just having a laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we trained with Phil from. He was from England, right? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right, man. But, you know, unlike the rest of us Americans, he couldn't go over straight on an arm drag. <laughs> it's true. It's funny because it's true. All right. Well, that was. Uh, the... Can you imagine if Phil is listening to this? I, I mean, I would it would I'd be happy if he was. But uh... I, I stayed in touch with him for for several years. He got into filmmaking. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I remember you told me about that. Well, we should try to track him down. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, maybe we can review some of his he's, stuff. He's making Ghost Watch Two as we speak. Oh man, I, that'd be pretty cool for him. But uh, anyway, so yeah, as we said, um, uh, Sarah, the inside, the house host, and the uh, phone phone in guy host, their husband and wife, and yeah, it's just uh, I guess after going from WNUF, which is obviously you know a very sort of condensed, kind of low budget thing. To this, it just there was just too many reporters. Like they could have combined a lot of the roles, but hey, maybe that's how the BBC like does their sort of investigative reports. They have to have like six reporters, uh, so maybe it just added to the authenticity. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, may- maybe you know. I-, I think they were trying so hard to make it seem authentic, and the way one way to do that is to like be very mundane and play everything very straight. And sure. I, I think they may have overdone it by, like you've mentioned, introducing such a large cast of characters, some reporters and this and that. But uh, yeah, yeah, at the same time, though, I think um, maybe they have so many different people so they could keep cutting back and forth between them so it doesn't become boring, which I mean, unfortunately, at, at one point they kind of fail at that. But uh, anyway uh we'll uh let's uh move on and we'll uh see how it goes um so let's see when those wipes okay michael the host talks to um the uh um she talks to lynn at one point craig charles talks to some other random guy named alan demiscu or whatever who was another like paranormal expert who was also out on the street he says they're going to be investigating the spontaneous hauntings and he sort of goes into um uh, an explanation about what exactly that is then they talk about all their equipment they have an infrared camera um which barely even gets used <laughs> like you see it at the beginning and they sort of um uh you know show how it works and uh and then you don't see it again until basically the very end the very the end yeah yeah i um, mean i guess it would have even in 92 uh been a bit of a novelty sure. to use. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I guess maybe that's why they didn't use it much. But, yeah, kind of kind of weird. Because then the whole time you know that it's not over until they use the infrared camera. And they don't do it till the very end. So Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so then Sarah enters the house. And basically she just sort of goes from room to room. So we can see what the uh, inside of the... Uh, the house looks like we meet the uh, the sisters. We meet the mom. Um, there's some old school graphics, and then uh, we sort of cut cut back, and they're like having a good time in the house. Sarah's bobbing for apples, and uh, then in the, the smallest bucket 
Yeah, right. And they're, and, and they're like both trying to go in there, but it, it's this bucket can barely even fit like one person's head. Yeah, yeah. Alone too. Yeah, they're supposed to be having fun or whatever. It's the calm before the storm. Yeah. Uh, By the then... way, have you ever have you ever gone bobbing for apples? Like at a glory hole or something? British, <laughs> British, British glory hole. British glory hole. Just, just to be clear. Thank you for uh, clearing that up. Uh, I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Uh, what about a regular glory hole? An American one. <laughs> I'd never bob for anything around an American glory hole. I, I, I went bobbing for apples at a at a church lock-in once. And, uh... Do you remember when uh, The Undertaker started calling himself the American glory hole? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he that should. was a weird gimmick uh, change. Really weird. That, that was weird. But bobbing for apples, not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it looks stupid. Uh, but uh, well, whatever. Uh, so Sarah basically interviews the kids. Oh wait, but before that, um, they hear some like knocking on the door. Sarah goes and investigates, and just like in any, I guess this is sort of a typical trope from any sort of cheesy 80s or 90s horror film. Oh, she opens the door, and it's a guy with a rubber mask. Oh, what's that wacky Craig Charles up to his old uh, tricks again? Mm. He uh, tried to s- scare Sarah. He said that um, he and uh, the her husband had like a bet to see if <laughs> he could get her to say a four-letter word on the air. But uh, but she doesn't because uh, it's the BBC in the 90s, I guess. Me and your husband had a bet to get you fired. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Sarah interviews the kids. Um, I know, uh, like, they're inside their room. They spend a lot of time in the little girl's room. Uh, so uh, get comfortable there. Uh, I noticed that um, one of the little girls had uh, Care Bear like um, pillowcases and like blankets or whatever. I don't know. Uh, very of the time, I suppose. Yeah. And they do another sort of classic trope, of course. Like one, I think it's uh, Kimmy, the younger one. She drew like creepy pictures of the ghost, who we find out later is called a uh, Mr. Pipes. Did you even know that the ghost is called Mr. Pipes? Yeah, because they keep referring to him as Pipes uh, yeah, yeah. throughout it. That, that was my clue when they keep calling him <laughs> Pipes. Um, but uh, he sounded like what, later on when they describe him, like callers describe him and stuff, they describe mm. Skeletor uh, as yeah. they actually <laughs> describe. So that was a little weird. I was always a big fan. Skeletor can come haunt my room, no problem. Wow. Um, that sounded later uh, we're gonna go to a british glory hole oh he can come haunt your british glory <laughs> hole okay yes uh so and then mom shows a different notebook of um even creepier drawings they try to say that Susie was the one the older one is the one who drew them but she's like i have no idea where those came from uh and uh, basically more calls come in um that uh discuss they say that in the initial um, footage that they showed at the beginning. There's a, a dark figure in it, um, mm-hmm. and then, the callers so Michael... are saying that they're that they saw a figure in the curtains or mm-hmm. something. And then they actually show it, like in the studio. And uh, Michael, the host, he analyzes it, and uh, then basically they uh, debunk it, which I thought it was, uh, which I thought it was cool because it adds a layer of authenticity, <laughs> and uh, also, of course, very Britishness uh, to yeah. where they're just like, ah. Clearly, there's no ghost here. It's uh, just the reflections of some whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it's just a reflection of some crumpets that we uh, <laughs> left stacked in the shape of a man. 
<laughs> as we do. It's just a bunch of marmalade, it is. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they hate us over there now. Um, but uh, Oh, that's just our Russell Crowe. Every... Oh, wait, Russell Crowe's not He's British, Australian. Uh, oh, he's now Australian. they really hate us. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah. um, mom tells us that uh, <laughs> she got stuck in the glory hole. <laughs> underneath the stairs this is when she first calls it that and i'm like I'm, and i was listening to this pretty low volume like i said in the middle of the night and i was just like did she say what i thought i heard like glory hole that's what they've been calling it this whole time <laughs> well, well steve i watched uh a good shot like half of this mm -hmm. while i was uh, on the treadmill mm -hmm. and uh running and like that's what i first heard her calling <laughs> well, I, I just like start laughing while i'm running like a maniac and so i'm like running like and laughing like a crazy person yeah you're like, like <laughs> glory hole <laughs> <laughs> and like the guy next to you is like what the fuck <laughs> Uh, and I, yeah, I just I'm like, oh, sorry, it's a Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically, uh, mom, she shows us some newspaper clippings um, of, uh, I guess, when they got interviewed by the papers about their because um, they've already, I guess, tried to go public about their their haunting going on in their house. And of course, the uh, papers made them out to be uh, a laughing stock. So this is kind of like the um, the reason of why they they allowed the cameras into their house because they're sick of like being made fun of and they want to show everyone that uh, that it's real that they're actually being haunted. Um, and then they uh, let's see. Oh, and did you notice the picture of the ghost in a sheet in the studio? Yes, God. I was going to bring that up. So the way the studio is set up, for those who haven't watched it, you've got uh, Parkinson's, our <laughs> host on one side, sitting in a chair. Then to the to hit, next to him is the doctor, Lynn. the parapsychological yeah. doctor or whatever. And she believes in all the uh, paranormal stuff. Mm. And behind them is like a fireplace. And above the f mantle of the fireplace is a framed like picture of a ghost but the ghost is just like a white sheet ghost it's your classic white sheet ghost and i'm just like that should be that's that's the little wink behind the camera right there if you're like tuning in and the people are seriously <laughs> discussing the paranormal and you see a picture of a white sheeted ghost that means that it's not real i mean of course i mean right you know, they're discussing ghosts anyway so of course they're not real but i mean if you're on the fence Seeing a picture of a white sheet of ghosts is a, a pretty big red flag, if you or or white yeah. flag. Yeah, and if also, if if you called into the number, they uh, when people called into that number, the first thing that they got was a message that told them that this is not real. Right, right. They, and uh, then they and then they were still allowed to tell their stories or whatever, even though this wasn't live. But mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm not exactly sure. Uh, actually, did you see? I know we're kind of going on a side here that Parkinson's own mother was a caller. An irate and frightened caller. Wait, like in in canon or his mom? No, no, no. In real, in so in real life, Michael Parkinson's elderly mother, mm -hmm. like she was watching, and I guess he didn't tell her this. Is oh, I, I didn't see that. Oh, oh that's good. Um, I, so yeah, or maybe he thought she'd be able to figure it out. So she was one of the B, the people that called into the BBC that was irate and scared and all this stuff. I, I did see that um, the director ended up being one of the callers because the actress who they had uh, hired to call in uh, wasn't any good. So she's just like, stand aside. I'll handle this. 
And uh, yeah, she became one of the callers mm. that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so they listened to a reel-to-reel of, um, I guess that's Susie talking in this uh, sort of demonic-sounding uh, voice. They also look at other um, sort of uh, bits of evidence. I'm not certain if it's supposed to be from this case or other cases, but basically it's like a a box of um, dishes that apparently were hurled around um, by ghosts. And and, and broken. <laughs> and, I, and I love that they say, uh, yeah, we sent these uh, broken teacups to the army to... <laughs> <laughs> the army ran test i'm like damn the british army has nothing going on man they have nothing to do right well that and of course like you know you can't you can't get any better you know scientific analyzation in um the uk without the army like they are the top absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh so then they have the chat with um dr silvestri uh head of skeptic society and i love it he's just the typical like smug like basically if you looked into your mind it's like hmm what does an atheist look like and sound like bam it's dr silvestri here and um <laughs> and his suit how would you describe that suit uh, that Dr. Sylvester, it's weird. It reminded me of like a Vince McMahon suit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's cause this Mark Sylvester guy, he looks like he might be like a big dude, like, like a big bodybuilder type mm-hmm. dude. But yeah, it was gangster ish. Yeah, I don't white, know. It was yeah, weird. Kind of, um, a Scarface ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's how they imagine all Americans dress. I assume. <laughs> True. Um, so now we, uh, we are back into the house with Sarah. She's again, everything's still, um, fun and games inside the house. She's actually literally playing board games with, uh, with the girls. Um, then she tells us about her own little weird dream and sort of ghost encounter or something. Um, and then the host, Sarah puts the youngest girl, Sarah to bed and like kisses her good night. Was that a little weird for you? Yeah, that was a little weird, but you know, uh, maybe that's what maybe that's common over there. I don't know. <laughs> to have, have TV, strangers just TV hosts, you, TV hosts <laughs> come in, tuck your kids away, and at this point, is this when they had taken the mom like out of the house to do like a a personal interview or something? Did that happen yet? I guess. Like, um, I just thought that was weird. Because yeah, I think so. I think so. They took her out and she stayed gone for a while. Um, and I just thought that was weird. I don't know if I don't really understand the point of that. But uh, anyway, uh, they interview. Oh, they're all right. So we're back into the studio and they do a, um, a video interview with a guy and they blur his face out. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's so classic sort of um i don't know 90s i don't know sightings or whatever um mm-hmm. i don't know his story wasn't very interesting though <laughs> but i just like the fact that they blurred his face yeah yeah i i guess again trying to add to the realism mm-hmm. of it there's a few times that they do that where people want to remain anonymous or whatever right. totally believable for sure so now we're back with craig charles uh he interviews a neighbor they say a lot of like uh bad stuff happened in the area and they specifically go to this playground where they said they uh i don't know kids found like a dead dog and like did i hear like fetuses or something laying around so there were my uh, i don't know it, it was hard to tell yeah some yeah the uh the accents are pretty thick here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah so basically all you need to know is that some weird 
weird stuff had gone on in basically the whole area of this neighborhood, including at this kid's park. Um, and then they cut back to Sarah. Uh, oh, he, oh, wait, I forgot. Uh, he also interviews a medium who really doesn't come back into play. I guess basically it's just an excuse for him to walk back, walk and talk with his medium to walk back towards the uh, studio. And again, the, the guy sort of explains why he's a medium and just talks about, again, the uh, bad stuff that's like gone on in the area. They cut back to Sarah and uh, she says a circle like this weird circle had formed in the carpet. Like what, how did <laughs> it, you... it was like wet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How did, how did you take that? <laughs> I was just like, this is very stupid. They were like, Oh, cause the doctor in the studio is like, Oh, well this is proof of paranormal activity. There's a, there's a perfect wet circle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then, and then like, their debunking is like, okay, well, check to see if any water is coming down from the ceiling or the light above it. Does it smell? That they have her like smell. Yeah, that was weird. I'm like, it, right, so what if like I don't know. Let's just say, or right, so they had cats. What if the cat just pissed on the rug and she just like wiped it with that thing and? But Steve in a perfect circle, <laughs> the diameter of a medium-sized pizza, it's American. All, I don't think so. it's also the, the title of some band I never listened to. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. That was weird. And and the thing is like, I mean, is this like, uh, sort of like standard poltergeist activity? I mean, that's how they're playing it off. And I, I just mean like, you know, in the world of ghost hunting is like a, <laughs> a wet circle on the carpet. Is that actually a sign of maybe, something? Maybe that's what ghosts were doing in the nineties. I don't know. <laughs> right. right. Like you remember like. There used to be like those silk shirts in the '90s, and also like um, long sleeve, uh, like polo style shirts that would just have like circles on them, big circles and like other geometric shapes. Sure, maybe, maybe, sure, maybe, that sounds maybe like... it's just the, the, it's just of the time. <laughs> all right, sure, we'll go with it. Uh, so now, um, all right, where are we? Um, so Sarah takes a sample of the circle, as you hell said, and then we get another call with uh, host Mike. And then now we're cut back with Sarah. She's moving around furniture uh, for some reason. Um, and then the girls show up screaming about something. Uh, Sarah hears some uh, banging. Um, not in the glory hole. <laughs> well, probably in, the, in their glory hole, but you get what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, all right. So there's banging that's going on throughout the entire house. And they're like trying to figure out what it is and where it's coming from. So this is when they use their uh, panning and zooming techniques with their surveillance cameras. And uh, like, I, I can't remember if it was either Lynn or Mike who's like, you know, okay, pan to the left. Now a little bit to the right. Now go down a little bit. And then basically they discover that it's a Susie banging something against the wall. And then basically like from there, you know, everybody thinks that this is, it sort of flips the a hoax. Yeah. Flips the script. And now everyone thinks it's a, it's a hoax hoax. Except well, Michael for, Parkinson's the, the host. He thinks it's, this proves it's a hoax. Mm -hmm. And, but the doctor is like, Oh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a hoax, you right, know? Right. Uh, yeah. She's, and like her, her reasoning and excuses become more and more difficult to, to buy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Mike and Lynn um, have a little argument um, about, you know, what they just saw. And then uh, Sarah brings the kids uh, back down to the kitchen. Did you notice that Sarah was constantly doing things that involved a sink for some reason? 
Like mm-hmm. it's like they were yeah, tr- she's like desperately she makes like coffee. Mm-hmm. She uh I don't know. She she makes like two or three different things like at the same. Washes her hands at some point. Uh, it's like they were just desperate to find things for her to do. I guess. Yeah. The um, water pressure in this house is insane too. <laughs> like whenever she opens the sink, it sounds like a fire hydrant is broken. Right. Right. Well, Sarah really just enjoys uh, sink activities. I guess. Uh, so of course, uh, Susie claims she didn't know what she was doing, has no idea what was going on. Mike calls them all frauds. Uh, mom says they are telling the truth. Like the actress who plays the mom is so, and well, I mean, like I said, everyone commits, but like, yeah, mom especially is just like so believable. Like, I think she does a great job. Um, so they, uh, well, what do you think of the mom's, uh, performance? Um, it's pretty decent. Uh, I mean, everybody, for the most part, has a pretty decent performance. I think the best performance is probably Michael Parkinson's mm-hmm. or whatever, the the, the main host. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she had a pretty solid performance. So now they check back in with Dr. Silvestri, and he just says that, like, you know, clearly Susie is, uh, is disturbed. And uh, then they watch a video of someone uh, talking about another uh, ghost story. And this is when I think we get the first instance of their um, – equipment uh sort of going a little haywire because the tape ends up uh fast forwarding and then they just end up uh cutting um mm-hmm. then they get another caller and uh she says <laughs> and uh this was cool because this is when it really starts to get meta and i just really didn't see it going this way uh the caller says that she can't get her kids um to like look away from the uh basically the broadcast. And <laughs> I love uh my what does Mike uh say to her? Uh what, what about, which part? About her kids. Like all right, so this uh, this lady calls in and she's really distressed. She's like Oh yeah, yeah. He's like he's like telling her to like put her kids to bed. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> Well, madam, your kids should be in bed anyway. <laughs> And like, and then uh, it, it, she's just like, well, that's just it. I I can't get them to go to bed. Like they won't look away. Uh, blah blah blah. Um, basically, like this is the um, f- sort of first instance that whatever's going on uh, within like the uh, the broadcast is now seeping into uh, the UK, if you will, or the the viewers or whatever. Right, right. Um, so they watch footage of Lynn interviewing one of the little girls. Then they are back in the house, and this is when they hear a um, uh, the cat like meowing, um, and they try to go looking for it. And um, then they they end up going up to the room, and they find uh, Susie like laying in the bed, basically catatonic with like cuts all over her, which they actually showed. Uh, a picture of her prior with all those same uh, cuts like over her. Yeah, they just look like scratches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of, of course, the the thing is that, all right, clearly, you know, Susie is hurt one way or the other. But at the same time, like Mike and other people are still, uh, you know, calling her like a, a big liar and a fraud and stuff. Yeah, he's like, ah, couldn't she have done it to herself with her nails? And then her mom is like, with what flaming fingernails? And like. <laughs> Oi, oi. Shows her fingernails. Oi. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So then, of course, Sarah goes back to her favorite place, the bathroom, because there's a sink there. And uh, then she thinks she feels someone uh, like touch her or like a presence or something like that. She thinks she saw she thought she saw someone behind the door. Mm -hmm. 
And she opens the door, and of course, no one is there. Um, Mike gets another phone call, um, and this is uh, basically someone uh, filling in the backstory, uh, saying that like a child killer used to live like within the area. Um, but then he also said that he felt that he had like uh, the ghost of a woman inside of him, and then he wore dresses and stuff. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, basically just trying to, and yeah, they really, <laughs> they go, they also say that he is basically a, uh, you know, child, is, is it murderer or molester? <laughs> I, I don't remember which it was, but, uh, I do remember that they said that he had like a dozen cats or something, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is why we keep hearing cat and, and you know, the cat like sounds mm-hmm. were which is just the meowing and fighting and that kind of stuff the way that they dubbed it in to the mix is like so bad it's like on top of the mix in most of the scenes even even like later on i know i'm getting a little ahead of ourselves here but when the cats are supposed to be behind the glory hole door uh mm-hmm. they sound exactly like if they were like right next to the sound guy instead yeah. of sounding a little muffled that kind of stuff again i don't know how anybody can think like this is real but right 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 yeah i mean i think at uh, that point when it starts getting real bad uh that it's supposed maybe it's supposed to be obvious at that point that it's just part of the paranormal activity because before i felt like it wasn't as bad but i mean you're definitely right it's too high in the mix they needed to put a tad little bit of reverb on there yeah something um yeah so, all right, uh, Mike gets in the, all right, they explain the child killer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then they try to take the kids out of the house. Then, um, then we're back into the studio, and uh, Sarah's husband is basically telling us that they're getting phone calls from everyone, <laughs> basically, in the, in the UK, saying that they have, um, like, paranormal activity is, uh, is just happening everywhere. And, of course, Mike... Good old Mike and all of his Britishness uh, looks right at the camera and he's be like, like, please, come on. These uh, these events are like few and far between. It's very unlikely that they're happening to you, viewer, (laughs) (laughs) more or less. Um, And uh, okay, so as they're trying to take the the kids out, um, the equipment starts messing up even more. And then they find Susie, like, crouched in a corner. Then she starts talking in her demonic voice. What, what did you think about the old demonic voice? Uh, I mean, it's fine, I guess. I, I kind of hate the tropey demonic voice. I hate anytime it's assigned to any character, whether it's a demon, a ghost possession, a kind of evil thing. You know, it's always the same kind of, like, right. I don't know, man. Like, n- nothing takes me out of, like, a horror thing more than that, I think. So, in this case, like, I guess it was okay because it kind of made it just, like, a deep whisper more mm. than anything, but... Oh, I'm sure for 1992, I mean, this is, like, the tail end of, like, the satanic panic, or maybe more, like, towards the middle... I'm sure many people were freaked out by it. I mean, but yeah, of course, you and I, we've heard it a million times at this point uh, yeah. in our uh, horror movie watching uh, lifespan. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, for this sort of mockumentary, like if they if they wanted to um, actually, you know, scare people back then, I'm sure it did its job. Um, but let's see. All right. So they lose Kimmy, the younger one. Sarah starts looking for her. 
she finds Kim's bunny <laughs> again. It's in the sink. <laughs> it's like, it's like Sarah. We're just gonna have you interacting with the sink through the entire film. She's like, great. I love sinks. Um, <laughs> but uh, so then they start hearing the cat again, and like the sound guy is using his boom to, to try to find where the sound is coming from, and it leads to the British glory hole. Um, so, so then they start opening the door, um, and, uh, they open it and then the sound guy faints. And then, uh, one of the girls is heard, uh, screaming for her mom. And then the transmission cuts like a uh, c- classic. I love, uh, in these sort of like mockumentaries or found footage, um, you know, this, I I'd say this usually happens where the, uh, um, the equipment like goes awry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they cut to Craig Charles. And I guess uh, the idea is that he's like on his break, just sort of chatting it up. And then he realizes that he's live. <laughs> and that's and uh, like at, at first I was like, hey, what was really the point of that scene? Um, but then like after I watched this and you know did a little bit more research, um, I guess in the background of that scene, you can see uh, Mr. Pipes. And apparently Mr. Pipes premieres or premieres. He shows up in the background um, just in random places, like at least like 11 times throughout the film. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you? I, I don't even think I saw him once, um, to be honest. I mean, I the only time I saw like that they clearly had somebody was in the very beginning when they do have somebody behind the curtain. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they like dismiss it and quote-unquote debunk it but i mean you can tell like you know they had somebody there mm-hmm. um that's the only time I, I noticed it but uh i i the the thing that i i think the reason why i didn't notice mr pipes here is because i could not stop looking at the nfl jacket that uh <laughs> craig's wearing it's like this giant jacket it's like the size of a duvet cover uh which is already like weird but then it has like a giant nfl logo on the side i'm like was the nfl big in the uk at the time i mean uh as someone who's lived overseas i've never like nobody cares about american football except for like americans and maybe canadians (laughs) i feel like well i know that now they play a few games in the uk year i believe but uh, I, I feel like maybe he was wearing it just because nobody else would <laughs> at that time. Um, <laughs> just to be funny, he's just zany. Yeah, like no, that. I really think that that's something he would do. Uh, you know what would have been better if it was that Charlotte Hornets jacket that everyone had in the nineties? Oh man, yes, <laughs> the the teal and purple. Yeah, with the big hornet starter on it. jacket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so anyway, we're back inside the house. Um, uh, or rather we're in the studio and they're looking at the house and everything looks fine. They're, uh, looking at the footage. It looks like the uh, kids are playing games with Sarah again. Then they take another call and it's a guy who says he was the social worker of the person who previously lived either in the house or the area who was basically the, um, the child killer that we mentioned earlier who (laughs) lived in the glory hole. Um, and then, um, uh, Mike says no more calls like he and Lynn have a little um, they have another argument and then Mike says no more calls uh, and then Lynn realizes that the footage they were watching was fake because the um, the clock hadn't fallen down off the wall or something yeah that, that was like a painting or, or no, it was a picture 
that earlier had like when uh, I think it was right around the time that Susan, the one of the the older kid, had the demonic voice thing happen. Mm-hmm. Like the walls had just started shaking, and like a few photos had like fallen down. And in this quote unquote live feed, the photo is still up. Right, right. It's basically like uh, from Speed when uh, Keanu Reeves changes the uh, the footage in the bus. So. Um... Sure. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just like speed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, now wind starts blowing, like inside the studio and everywhere. And uh, that is a little uh, weird. Uh, I mean, I, I like it because the stuff is starting to fly off the rails because we're basically in the third act here. And Lynn says that the broadcast has acted as basically like a massive seance, which is why the paranormal activity has basically infected like all of. Um, you know, uh, the UK or whatever, which is why they were getting all those calls before. Um, mm-hmm. And then we are, we see footage of mom and Kim being led into the police car. And like Mike and the people from the studio are like, well, where are Sarah and Susie? Where are Sarah and Susie? And then they cut back. And this time they're using the uh, infrared camera. And like, you know, we spoke before that, uh, you know, we were just kind of, I guess, wondering what the infrared camera was going to be used for and they just kind of show that they're in the house and in the dark but it's never really used for a scare or anything no you think like it was going to like show a the outline of mr pipes or something in some manner but none nah they were just like oh man infrared is so hot right now we gotta (laughs) we gotta have it in our documentary I wonder if, because uh, I assume this was not shot in film, right? I assume oh, yeah, it was broad, shot in video. Broadcast, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think you would know better than I would. You know, it's hard to shoot in the dark mm-hmm. um, on video mm-hmm. uh, because you can't have the same level of exposure, right? Right. I think is what it sure. is. So I wonder if they did the infrared camera thing because it's like, well, we want to do something in the dark, but we can't really do it on video. But we could do it with an infrared camera and yeah. kind of add to the creepiness. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I didn't mind it, even though, like, I was disappointed that it wasn't used for, like, a real scare. But I, like, I'm thinking, okay, this is 1992. It's TV. You know, you're going to find it to be, like, creepy and weird and unusual. Yeah. So No, you're absolutely so right. Fine. Like, it's a thing that they didn't have to do. But it's cool that they right. bothered because it's like, hey, they're really taking this thing seriously because they have high-tech infrared cameras so this has got to be real uh or something (laughs) along those lines uh so basically they're trying to find sarah and Susie, um and then uh, basically sarah tries to free Susie from the british glory hole um she opens the door uh, she being sarah and just goes inside and the cameraman is like Sarah, wait, like come back, and then the the door just shuts, and uh, then it just uh, go cut. And then we cut to Mike back in the studio, and he is basically sitting in the dark by himself uh, in the studio, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know if anyone else is watching this, but blah blah blah." Apparently, Mr. Pipes is here too, though I, I didn't see him, um, and he starts talking in the demon voice. <laughs> we hear another cat noise. Fade to black, and then it's over. (laughs) Um, Anything to add about any of that last stuff? Yeah, so at the end, apparently, this is supposed to be, like, 
the host, Michael Parkinson, supposed to be possessed? Did you get that from that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, Mr. Pipes was starting to take over Mike or whatever is going on. It was starting to infect him as well. That's what I because it's funny because I didn't really get that. That's what was supposed to be going on. And he just kind of starts like turning into like an old man that doesn't know what's going on because everybody in the studio starts leaving as right. like, you know, the, the lights are flickering and like equipment's breaking. Lights are actually like exploding but Mike, above them. Mike is such a professional. He's a pro. Yeah, he's yeah. a pro. He's not going to leave just because some wacky ghosts and a couple of lights yeah. exploded. Which that actually happened. And he's like, as all the stuff is going on around him, even like the, the paranormal lady leaves a doctor, he's like, oh, well, people are leaving. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, he starts like looking around like a confused old I man. I wish he would have had like a, a blowout instead. It's like, I've been working in this town for 40 years. I'm not going to let some ghosts, you know, and then start talking in the, in the voice. Like, but he's just so calm cool british that not even he is gonna have a blowout because he's such a professional yeah apparently and, and i get and I, I suspect this is when his mother got freaked out <laughs> there's a uh there's also another little bit of trivia that apparently judy dench was watching this back in the day and she too thought it was real until she spotted one of her acting friends, like in the role, and she was like, "Ha ha!" That's spoiled it. what made her realize it wasn't real. Hey, man, it it was the '90s. Don't don't you dare question the intelligence of Jane Duty. They wait, Dane Judy Dench. <laughs> of who? Dane Judy Dench. <laughs> okay, I, I think you got it. That yeah, time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you, you know, you covered most of the uh, the important beats pretty nicely. Um, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I, I guess we can get into how we uh, no, you want to render your verdict about it. But, uh, well, actually, before we do that, I do want to mention that um, apparently this uh, show led to somebody ki killing themselves. Uh, yep, that's true. Uh, did you did you read about that? I did indeed. Yeah, um, I have it right here in my notes. Um, yeah, it said basically a, a real life eighteen year old teenager. He hung himself by hanging himself on something called the witch tree near his home, and he left a uh, suicide note that basically said, "If ghosts are real, then I will be with you soon." Uh, or something along those lines, uh, or I will yeah. always be with you as a ghost. Uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I should point out that that guy that killed himself, he had the mental age of 13, mm. um, which, I mean, that's still kind of strange that a 13-year-old would. So I, I don't know. I, I suspect his mental capacity was uh, less than that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and there were a couple other kids who were diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah, he said uh, this uh, earned the dubious honor of being the first TV program to be cited at the British Medical Journal as having caused post-traumatic stress disorder in children. Woo! Good job, Ghostwatch. Yep. <laughs> there were a bunch of um, complaints to the broadcast Broadcasting Standards Commission, which is like the FCC. you know British equivalent of the mm. FCC. Uh, the um, They did dismiss those uh complaints saying that they were outside of their jurisdiction basically but it did go to um the some kind of court really anyways i'm so sure the bbc ended up apologizing mm -hmm. um about it it was never shown again on bbc tv 
but it was uh, you know replayed internationally in other markets, and you can get DVDs. And we mentioned earlier, it's available archive.org and YouTube places to rent that kind of stuff. And but, there's a documentary uh, yeah, I, uh, that neither of us had time to watch, unfortunately. Um, uh, but yeah. uh, I will also add that uh, Stephen Volk, the writer, he found his inspiration for Ghost Watch in a you know real life case from the 1970s. It's referred to as the infield poltergeist, which I feel like that was maybe used as a title for another movie or something, or maybe it's just something I've heard of. But it said the case occurred in North London and involved psychokinetic activity allegedly witnessed by police, as well as spirit speaking through a young girl in a demonic sounding voice. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there you go. This is based on actual facts, ladies and gentlemen. So watch out. Oh, uh, I, it's Steve. I mean, I, I'm sure I know the answer, but uh, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, no, do you? Uh, no, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, we're all about facts and logic here at Obscurity Now. In glory holes. I mean, just imagine if ghosts were real, like billions and billions of people have died right? over the, you know, since humanity's been around. So we'd be seeing like ghosts popping up all the time. Right. Well, the, the, if, the if, argument I always had when someone's like, if ghosts are real, like, what are all these people, you know, seeing? It's like, well, you know, it's usually always in, like, a dark, <laughs> you know, foggy night or something when your eyes are playing tricks on you. Why can't you see a ghost, like, in the middle of the day, like, at a beach, like, where people are just hanging out right? and along comes a ghost? Like, it's not done. It just doesn't exactly. happen. <laughs> it's very, very strange, yeah. right, that it only... Uh happens at night but uh yeah are you ready to uh render your uh, yeah let me just make sure that i hit all these uh trivia beats i think we did uh yeah 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 let's do this all right uh agent velasquez do you think ghost watch should be remembered for all of human history or tossed in the black void of obscurity, never to be heard from again. This is a tough one for me because I got to be honest, I found it pretty boring the first two acts, uh, which is why I suspect I never finished it the first time I started watching it. Uh, I think it moves really slow. There's kind of a lot of mundane almost like i don't know how to describe but filler just like day in the life of kind of stuff Mm -hmm. going on um so the pacing to me felt a little weird it's like they were trying so hard to make it realistic that it was kind of boring Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it does get interesting when it picks up though later on and i do appreciate the lengths that they went to with some stuff like the set design We, we didn't really talk about it too much but the set is really well it's done. <laughs> it's huge. They've got like a, and we're talking about the studio set mm. where the two hosts are. They've got like a section, uh, like a two tiered, maybe it was, maybe even three tiered section where the callers are taking calls, and you've got the guy that's like, you know, the call, the people that are handling the phone calls are giving him papers, and then he's reporting to the fake host. Fireplace in the background, just for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to ask if you noticed that there was a TV for the fire. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I didn't notice that first, but yeah, but yeah, the, the, the set's huge. They've got like a giant video wall made up of like, you know, like 12 CRTs. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, great set when you were, uh, not to interrupt your like flow or anything, but when you were watching, you know, maybe in the middle part where it was getting a little uh, boring, were you waiting for it to cut to a fake commercial (laughs) 
because I I wish I I wish it was you know like in W. Oh man, I I wish it would have. I wish it like would've. if they would have had those, but, uh, like it would have helped a lot. <laughs> but uh, as far as my verdict, you know, because of the effort that they put in, I think if this was like twenty minutes shorter, it would be a lot better. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say remember. Yes, oh I I definitely agree. This actually ended up being, I would say, a pleasant surprise for me. Uh, yes, there is a little bit of uh, dull Britishness, um, like at the beginning and, and, and towards the middle. Uh, if you can get past that, uh, like, like it starts out, like at the very beginning, it's, you know, really sort of engaging and charming just because you're watching this uh, sort of, sli- mm-hmm. of slice of time. Uh, more or less and you're like oh look at the uh you know the, the look at the cheesy graphics and um uh but then of course you you settle in and you're like oh man man is this british <laughs> and but but if you stick with it i feel like you're uh, rewarded um it it went places i really didn't see it uh, going like in the script i would say is a little more clever than i even thought it needed to be so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to say it deserves to be remembered as well. So here we go. In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. And also, I mean, I guess it didn't create the genre of uh, of the mockumentary or the horror mockumentary, but I mean, it obviously inspired uh, quite a bit of like you know the found footage genre with WNUF, yeah. Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity. Do you do you like those like those movies, found footage stuff? Uh, not usually. I mean, I remember watching Blair Witch in theaters. <laughs> so boring. Um, More boring than this. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, I, I mean, I've seen a few, you know, found footage things that are like well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Europa Report was kind of a found footage movie mm-hmm. uh, that I liked. But yeah, I, I for the most part, I don't. What about uh, you? I used to really be into the genre. I just, uh, I, I would try to watch as many as I could. And yeah, just like with any genre, there's ones that are done well and ones that aren't. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw like Grave Encounters or Grave Encounters Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Grave yeah, Encounters. That, yeah, that one's really good because I think they sort of looked at the genre and they were like, "Oh, let's uh, put a bunch of cool stuff that other people didn't <laughs> in, a, in our movie." Um, yeah, and, and it's very like much like taking the piss out of those ghost hunting shows. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it does that really well. But the you know I think that movie works because the scares that they do they're not like necessarily trying to like jump scare you where there's suddenly there's a sudden pang right. sound you know sound effect it's like real creepy kind of stuff that builds and builds and builds instead well, uh, speaking of which i prefer that in my horror movies in general sure anyway. absolutely uh speaking of horror movies uh la- before i watched this last night i watched uh insidious the red door um before i briefly tell you about it did you watch any of the insidious movies I think I've watched all of them except for that. That's like the latest one. Yes, right? and I, I would say uh, Insidious is at least the first two are pretty good, but man, this new one is not. And uh, I, it wasn't even scary. Like I was pretty disappointed. Really, this was actually this was better than that. 
Uh, what uh, did you say you saw something recently? Oh, recently, yeah. Um, I watched um, the Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey mm-hmm. movie. If anybody wants to see it, it's on Peacock. I don't recommend it. <laughs> no uh, good? Nah, it's, it starts off pretty good. Like, they had this animated thing explaining how Winnie the Pooh and, like, Piglet ate Eeyore, basically. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's just, like, the characters are, like, paper thin, even thinner than you would expect for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's... I know I know it only had a hundred thousand dollar budget, but it, it's it's just not good. It's very boring. There are like two or three interesting kills, mm. but there's a lot more real boring kills. Like like I think like half the kills are just poo sl- uh, slapping somebody to or death or strangling them. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, nah, just slapping yeah. them. Piglet does a strangle. Uh, like Tigger isn't in it, but I guess he doesn't enter the public domain till this year, oh, nice. so that's why he's not in it. Mm. But they're doing a sequel. But yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I, I do not recommend it. I, I was bored and annoyed. <laughs> well, well, you heard it here first, folks. And uh, how was your uh, Halloween Horror Nights experience? Um, it was pretty good. Um, we were fortunate enough to like have the uh, fast passes, mm-hmm. so we did get to see all the houses. Um, I, I'm just like not a person that like really gets scared by the at, at houses. Sure. I wish I did because like that's like the fun of it. Right. But I don't. Know, I guess because I, I I'm expecting it, so I don't usually get sure. startled. Um, but I will say that like the best houses, in my opinion, were the ones that did not have a license attached to them. I always feel that um, way. Like the the Last of Us was probably the worst one, just because the most of the you know, people that were scaring you were humans. Mm. They just looked like, you know, dirty humans that hadn't showered in a week or something. <laughs> oh no, the homeless. <laughs> uh, and they, yeah, and they only, so they only had a few people dressed up as like the kind of zombie creatures, like the infected creatures from the game and pull the show also. And the costumes were pretty bad. Mm. Um, mm. So it, it, that wasn't good um, at all, but there were a few like that had like really cool, like set designs, like as far as like the design of the haunted house, but Eh. Uh, oh, we we did go on the uh, Harry Potter ride, which is pretty. Good. Oh, was that your first time on it? No, it wasn't my oh. first time on it. But yeah, yeah, that ride's always it's a great ride. Good. Yeah, for sure. I, I I'm not like a Harry Potter fan, but I mean the Diagon Alley thing is done really oh, yeah. really well. Like it's cool. Mm. Well, I do have one last question regarding Ghost Watch. If if uh, would would you wear a Ghost Watch T-shirt like they were wearing in the? Uh... Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about that. Yeah, like like the TV uh, Sarah, the, the reporter on the scene, she has a Ghost Watch crew. shirt, Ghost Watch mm-hmm. shirt. The crew, uh, not just the crew in the studio, but also the crew in the um, on the field. There's Ghost Watch like signs and logos all over the studio in different areas. Uh, I definitely would. Yeah. It's a it's not like a out of this world logo, but it's pretty cool. It'd just be an interesting one to wear to see if anyone actually got it. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, yeah. The exactly. one weird thing about the logo is because I'm looking at it, and I'm like, how can I recreate that? Like, what fonts are being used? And it's weird because the ghosts and the watch are only slightly different from one another. It's like they increase the, uh, like the boldness of uh, of the watch mm-hmm. compared to the ghosts. Like, I don't know. I'm thinking too hard about it. Is what I'm doing. Um, but maybe thinking a little bit harder than they did. But, uh... <laughs> They're like, hey, oh, no, oi. 
we need a logo. It's like, oh, well, here's two fonts. Yeah. Bam, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> So I would say this is mostly a pleasant surprise. I would say if you're going to watch this, just go in understanding that uh, it's a little slow, the first couple acts. Mm. Um, sort of, I guess, world building, you, you would call it, <laughs> sure, I guess. Sure, sure. But, but, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, well, I th- unless there's anything else, I think that's our show. Uh, I will mention that by the time you are listening to this, the Escape to Earth Issue 3 Kickstarter should be live, and there should be a link in the description. So if you want to uh, support the work we do here at Red Letter Media and support new uh, IP, um, then uh, please uh, click away and go on over to the Kickstarter and uh, give till it hurts. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, I guess we will. Uh, did you have anything else to add before we sign off here? Uh, no, I am good. All right. Well, we will see you uh, next Sunday as we continue to unearth more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. Happy Halloween. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.